Song will be page number 901. 901. Good morning. I too would like to welcome everyone out to the service this morning. Everybody made it here through the, the rain, so that is a, that is a blessing. Especially like to welcome any of the visitors we have. We appreciate you being here with us this morning. We encourage you to stick around a little bit after services. We have lunch provided. We'd love to, to meet you and to introduce ourselves to you. Christmas is tomorrow. Kind of hard to believe it's already here on us. I got to tell you, I love Christmas. This is my favorite time of year. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I just love the atmosphere. I especially love the songs. I love spending time with my family and friends enjoying this holiday. I am kind of like a kid on Christmas morning. I love the cold weather. That means ducks are here. I just enjoy everything about this time of year. I love the Christmas movies. Last night, Drew stayed over with us, um, and we watched a Christmas movie last night. It's just something I enjoy. I remember when we were younger, we had watched uh, My Wonderful Life, or It's a Wonderful Life, and we would take bets on how long it took Mom to start crying. So, I mean, all those things are great. In my house, it's the Grinch. Uh, that's Lori's deal this morning. She, uh, if y'all remember that scene where he takes the clippers and runs it across the mayor's head, it's what Lori did in my face this morning. Um, actually, she didn't. I was playing with my grand dog and messed up. But anyways, uh, part of Christmas, I guess. I guess everyone has a different opinion of what Christmas really means what they like and what they don't like. Christmas for some is a time to say thanks. This is our time to, to thank others for all that they, they do for us. A time to let people know how much they mean to us. A time to get together with family that you don't see very often. And of course, Christmas is about giving and receiving of gifts. Millions of dollars are spent every year during this time on Christmas gifts. Could be Probably one of the negative things about this season at times. Christmas is about eating. That's another part of Christmas that I do very well at. I am good at eating. I have often skipped lunch and skipped supper just to get to desserts. You know, for some, Christmas is not a time of celebration. It is not a time to enjoy your friends and family. It's not a time to exchange parents' uh, presents. For some, Christmas is a very sad and difficult time. We've heard of some that have lost loved ones here recently. That's a bitter pill to swallow during this time of year. Christmas can be a very difficult time for those who have suffered loss. I have friends that absolutely hate this time of year because of the memories that they have. I remember when I was working, I cannot tell you the number of suicides and homicides we were called out on on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The holiday season can be very difficult for many people. People become depressed around Christmas. My question to you this morning is, what does Christmas mean to you? And it's a simple question. Is it all about the eating and the giving of gifts? When you think of Christmas, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about that turkey that you have to cook or the candy that you have to make? The house that you have to clean and the lights that you have to put up and take down. The shopping that you got to get done. Or are you thinking about the homeless man that has no food? That has no belongings? Are you thinking of the orphan that has no toys? The orphan that does not have a family to share Christmas with? 
before we go any further, I do want you to understand something. I encourage each and every one of you to enjoy tomorrow, to spend time with your family and friends, because that's part of what this season is all about. There's nothing wrong with exchanging gifts and watching your loved ones open something that you bought them. I encourage you to think of the less fortunate. Matter of fact, that is what we are supposed to do. But what is Christmas really about? What does Christmas mean to you? We all know what Christmas is. We've already talked about it this morning. Christmas is the day that Jesus Christ was born, December the 25th. And we obviously all know that's probably not the case. But that is when the world has chosen to remember the birth of our Lord and Savior. So let's just rephrase the question here. Instead of what's the reason for the season or what does Christmas mean to you, let's simply ask, what does the birth of Christ mean to you? This thing that we celebrate, what does it truly mean to us? Now, I normally don't do a whole lot of reading, but we're going to do that this morning. This morning, we're going to read about the birth of our Lord and Savior. And I will tell you now, we're going to jump around just a little bit. But I'm going to ask you to grab a Bible in front of you and follow along with me. We're going to start in Luke chapter 1, in verse 26. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, it reads, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, that thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. As it is saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutations this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in the womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make uh, her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to make unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. We're going to go back to Luke 2. 
Back to Luke 2, starting in verse 1. And it, came, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a degree from Caesar Augustus, and all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished of the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Matthew chapter 2. Back to Matthew in chapter 2. Starting in verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And now Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the, the young child. And when he had found him, bring me word again. I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the, the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened the tre their treasures, they presented, him, presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
And being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Brethren, what does the birth of Jesus Christ mean to you? We have just read the most celebrated birth in the history of the world. The most miraculous birth ever. What does that birth mean to you as a child of God, as a Christian? You know, one of the joys of this season is the giving and the receiving of gifts. I enjoy it. I'll admit it. But we often lose focus of the greatest gift that we've already received. The gift that we just read about. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the true meaning of Christmas. That is the Christmas spirit that oftentimes appears to be lost. And that's the reason for the season. You see, the birth of our Lord and Savior is the very beginning of our salvation. God's word became flesh. Jesus was born in a manger so you could be reborn in God's kingdom. He lived on earth with man so you could live in heaven with your father. He was later beaten, spit upon, crucified so that you could have everlasting life. All these things were given to you. They were not earned. They were given. The greatest gift ever given was the Son of God. The gift is unmatched. You cannot buy this at Macy's. You're not going to find it at Bass Pro. When you are celebrating Christmas, do you think of your Lord and Savior? When you are opening your gifts on Christmas morning, do you recognize none of them will ever compare with the gift that you've already received? Do you realize that you're a sinner and that someone had to bear your sins And that your Father in heaven sent his only Son to this earth to bear that weight for you. A weight that you were incapable of bearing. Brethren, that's Christmas. Well, Sean, I thought we were talking about the birth of Christ this morning. We are. Brethren, the birth, his perfect life, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection is the greatest gift given to man. All of which should be remembered daily. At all times. But when the world has decided to commercialize the the birth of our Savior, that is the perfect opportunity for us as Christians to reflect on what this is really about. I found this poem a few years ago, and I think I've shared it with you before. It's a great poem. He did not use a silvery box or paper green and red. God laid his Christmas gift to men within a manger bed. No silken cord was used to bind the gift sent from above. T'was wrapped in swaddling clothes and bound in cords of tender love. There was no evergreen to which his precious gift was tied. Upon a bare tree high, high on a hill, his gift was hung and died. T'was taken down from off the tree and in a grave was laid the precious Son of God. But death itself could not destroy the precious gift of God. With mighty hand, he lifted him from out the stony grave. Forevermore, forever man, an eternal gift he gave. Brethren, this gift of eternal life, this sacrifice that was made is what Christmas should mean to you and to me as Christians. As Christians, each and every one of us should keep the true meaning of this season. 
we should recognize that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever received. 1 John 5 and 13 reads, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Brother, Christmas is a great time of year. I told you I love it. I will not deny that. But, folks, we have something far greater coming our way. Far greater than Christmas turkey. Far greater than the new duck call. Far greater than Fisher Crack. Believe it or not, far greater than opening presents on Christmas morning. Jesus Christ came to this earth, was born, lived as a man, crucified, and was resurrected. And because of that, you have the hope of eternal life. Because of that, I will have eternal life. Brother, that is the reason for the season. Brother, we must stay focused during this time of year. It's very easy to lose our focus. What does the birth of Christ mean to you? Well, Sean, how in the world can a Christian cope? How can we stay focused during this time of year? We covered some of this the other night. I've, I've got way too much going on. It's just too busy. We have too many parties. Brother, how many times have we seen our wives stressed out during this holiday season? Folks, again, it's not supposed to be that way. And I believe if we stay focused about what the birth of Christ truly means to us as his people, everything else is going to work itself out all right. So how does a Christian keep focused on Christ during Christmas? Brother, we stay focused the same way they did on the actual day of Christ's birth. We praise God. We praise God the way the angels did. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise God the way the shepherds did. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and it was told unto them. We praise God the way the wise men did. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Worship, to say good things about it, synonymous to words such as admire, commend, extol, and honor. Brethren, we should be amazed. And we should stand in awe at this birth in this season. Psalms 22 and 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. When you praise God, God is there. God dwells in praise. How can you help cope? How can you stay focused tomorrow? Brother, if you praise God, he'll be there. That's how you stay focused on this great sacrifice. This great and miraculous birth of our Lord and Savior. That's how you stay focused on the greatest gift ever given. Brethren, you praise God every waking moment. We are praising God right now. We praise God as we sing and as we pray to him. My question to you is when we did all those things, were you on your knees? Were you in awe? Were you amazed? When we sing the hymns that we've labeled these Christmas hymns, are you taken aback? Do you feel the awesome power of God building up inside you? Do you see his son lying in that manger and know what that birth means? Do you recognize him as a gift? 
More importantly, do you recognize him as a ransom for your sins? If you do, I assure you there's absolutely no way you can do that and not praise your awesome God. I ask you to take the time to praise God. Meditate on this awesome gift. Luke 2 and 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What was Mary doing? Brad talked about this the other night. That song, Mary, did you know, as you kissed your baby, you kissed the face of God. Brother, that's how we should feel. If you're truly praising God during this season, you should feel overwhelmed at his presence during this time. You should feel overwhelmed at the fact that all Christ went through. Brother, he did that specifically for you. You have to make this sacrifice personal. Christ was born for me. Christ lived his life specifically for me. And Christ died for me. Christ was resurrected for me. And guess what? He did the exact same thing for you. Jesus Christ was born, lived the perfect life, was crucified, buried, and resurrected just for you. Folks, in order to have a Christian Christmas, if you will, you have to make the Lord's sacrifice personal. Understand, this was all for you. I told you earlier that one of the things that I love most about Christmas is the songs and the hymns that we sing. There's one I believe is a perfect example of praising God for giving us his son, and that's O Holy Night. The song was written in the 19th century by John Dwight and Adolf Adam. I don't know who these men are. can't tell you who these writers were but I believe they understood the meaning and they needed to praise God for it. I want you to listen to some of the words. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine. Brethren, as you think of the birth of your Lord and Savior, have you been overwhelmed to the point that you hit your knees? Can you imagine hearing the angels' voices? Or has Christ become so impersonal to you that you have no emotion? That this is just about the presence in the turkey. A multitude of heavenly hosts. The King of kings lay thus in lowly manger, in all our trials, born to be our friend, he knows our need. To our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king before him lowly bend. Do you recognize that Jesus Christ, the birth that we celebrate this season, that is the king of kings. Do you stand in all of his greatness? He was born into humility by being born in a manger, and he did that for you. Can you humble yourself enough to fall to your knees and praise him for that? Do you recognize the cost that he paid? And are you grateful this season? Are you grateful year-round? Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Christ is your Lord and Christ is your Savior. Christ is your salvation. 
And he is and always will be the greatest gift ever known to man. I'm going to ask Zane, if you will, to come up and lead that song for us. Zane, if we can all stand, we're going to turn and sing, Oh, Holy Night. Nine hundred and forty seven. All three verses of nine four seven.
Thank you. you. May be seated. Stand in awe, brother. Brother, there's a lot of things about this holiday season. And I don't know the exact date that our Savior was born. But I do know he was born. He was born a humble birth in a dirty manger. And I know the angels rejoiced. And I know over the next 33 years or so, he taught his Father's will. He led a life here on this earth so that we could have his example. And I know he performed miracles. Miracles that can never be duplicated. I know he is the Prince of Peace. And I know he is love. And I know he is the Word of God. I know he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I know that there came a day when our Lord and Savior was betrayed for money. I know that he was unlawfully arrested. They took our Lord and Savior, they stripped him down and put a scarlet robe on him. They were mocking the king of kings. If I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? They were slapping your savior. I know they placed a crown of thorns on his head and placed a reed in his hand. Continued to mock him. Hell, king of the Jews. They then took that reed and beat him with it. They hit him on the head and dug those thorns deep down in When they were done mocking and spitting on him, they took that robe away from him. Soldiers then took him to a place called Golgotha. 
And Jesus Christ, our Savior, was forced to carry his cross until he could physically carry it no more. And the Son of God, the child we celebrated, who was physically drained, asked for a simple drink. They gave him vinegar. You see, the torment continued. They nailed him to the cross, and they drove nails through his hands and feet. They placed a sign over his head that said, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. I'm sure the spitting and the ridicule got worse. The mob mentality had set in. May no, make no doubt about it, the goal of the soldiers that day was to inflict as much pain and suffering as humanly possible. They wanted to break the Son of God, both mentally and physically. Throughout this pain and suffering and betrayal, I know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, looked at his Father in heaven and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's the true meaning of this season. I know this is a factual, historical event which happened over 2,000 years ago. And because of that knowledge, I understand why you and I have already received the greatest gift ever given. You see, Christ took our place. He wore my crown of thorns that day, and he took my beating. He took the ridicule and mocking that I deserved, and he carried my cross. And he suffered my death that I deserved. He suffered the death that you deserved. Merry Christmas. Brother, and I ask you this morning, during this holiday season, when you think about the birth of Christ, think about why his birth was necessary. His birth was necessary because his death was necessary. Necessary to wash away your sins. Jesus Christ was in buried and, as we know, was resurrected. And because of the gift of his birth, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, you and I have the hope of eternal life. So I'm going to pose this question again to you this morning. What does the birth of Christ mean to you? There may be some of you here this morning that have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may be sitting there saying, I'm ready and I want that gift. I want to live in God's kingdom. and I want to walk on those streets of gold someday. God is very specific on his instructions to us regarding obeying him. And there are certain things that we must do in order to have that hope of eternal life that his son's blood paid for. You must first hear the word of God. And I pray this morning that each and every one of you have heard the word of God. You've heard the gospel message, the great sacrifice, the great gift that was given. You must believe. John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? greatest gift ever given everlasting life what greater gift can you even put a price on that I got news for you there was a price and God paid it with his son Matthew 10 32 whosoever therefore shall confess me before men him will I confess also before my father which is in heaven will you confess him before men this morning I had a young man ask me one time, he goes, man, I ain't going up there and tell y'all everything I've done. That is not what that said. Jesus says, confess me before men. That means you publicly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All the pain and suffering Christ went through was done before men in public. God said, you, will have, you don't have to endure that. My son did that for you. All I ask is you acknowledge him in front of others. Acts 2 and 38, then Peter said unto him, 
unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We must repent. We must make a vow to God that we will turn away from our sinful life, that we will no longer seek after things of this world, and we will seek Him first and His kingdom. God wants us to stand up and say, I'm done with this life over here, and from this point on, I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to do my best to live the life you've asked me to live. In order to wash away those sins, we must be baptized. You must become clean before God. Jesus Christ was buried in a tomb and resurrected. You too will be buried in water and resurrected as a child of God. Sean, wait a second. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting it. I, I still don't understand because you know, I've done some bad things. I'm a sinner. I've done terrible things. I know you're a sinner. I am too. Remember, Jesus Christ came to save the sinners and not the righteous. Jesus died for the sinners. That's me and you. His blood was shed to wash away your sins. Brethren, it boils down to this. If you have heard the word of God and you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you repent of your sins and you're willing to confess his name, come forward and be baptized, you will receive the greatest gift known to man. The problem you run into is this gift is given to you, but you have to be willing to accept it. You've got to make a little bit of effort. You know, tomorrow morning, I'm sure I'm going to be given a gift. Kind of an assumption. I think I'm going to get a gift. If I never open that gift, that gift doesn't do me a whole lot of good. I've got to put a little effort into opening that gift. Brother, let me tell you this. If tearing paper to get to a gift is all I have to do, then I'm going to do it. But we're not talking about just any old gift here. This is the greatest gift mankind has ever known or ever will know. And that is the gift of your Lord and Savior. This is the gift to spend eternity with your Lord and Savior. To be in the presence of the I Am. This is your salvation. God does ask for a little effort on your part. You've got to open the gift. You must hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. You've got to open the package. God sent his only begotten son to endure the wrath of men to take your sins. I would think obeying him would probably be the least that we can do. Folks, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted him, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and been baptized, if you've not accepted this gift, today is the day. Do not wait until next week. Next week may not come. Make the decision today and accept the gift God has given you. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you would get something new, and boy, that toy was the, that was the greatest toy you ever got. You took it everywhere. You played with it everywhere, every second of the day. And one day you got a new toy. You got a new gift. What happened to the other one? It got put aside. Eventually you lost track of it. You lost it. It got tore. It broke. Whatever the case is. Can't tell you how many conversations I had over the years with my kids about keeping up with their stuff. You know, unfortunately, we as Christians sometimes put gifts, God's gift aside too. Sometimes we lose track of our Christianity. You didn't mean to. You looked up one day and it was gone. I'm not sure that's the way it works. 
I believe, unfortunately, we make a conscious decision to put the gift that God has given us aside for something the world tells us is bigger and better. There are countless references in the Bible of men who chose to set aside God, their faith. And I assure you right now they wish they would have cared for that gift a little more. Brother, every Christian that has ever walked the face of this earth, your brother and your, city, your sister sitting right beside you, your parents, your grandparents, the leaders of this church, have all fallen short of the glory of God at one time or another. And God knew this was going to occur. He knew the hearts of man. He knows your heart right now. And right now, if you've gone astray, he will accept you back. I feel it's important that all of us continue to enjoy this holiday season. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Unless you choose it over Christ. And then you've got a problem. There is a problem when you lose focus on not only what this season is about, but what you're about and why you're on this earth. Brethren, we are here to praise and worship and obey our God. That is our life as Christians. I'd like to read you one more thing I found. Prepare your minds for tomorrow. May the Christmas gifts remind us of God's greatest gift, His only Son. May the Christmas candles remind us of Him who is the light of the world. May the Christmas tree remind us of another tree upon which He died. And may the Christmas cheer remind us of Him who said, Be of good cheer. And may the Christmas feast remind us of Him who is the bread of life. And may the Christmas bells remind us of the glorious proclamation of his birth. And may the Christmas carols remind us of the sun, the angels saying glory to God in the highest. And may the Christmas season remind us in every way of Jesus Christ, our King. Brethren, again, I hope you have a great Christmas day tomorrow. And I pray that you spend time with family and friends and enjoy each other's company. Most importantly, I pray that you keep God first in all that. Parents, I will mention, and I said this the other night and when I spoke to you, but I'd like to mention it again. Those toys that you will give tomorrow, within six months, are going to be in the trash. You know, I, I told you Grinch is a big thing in our house. You should remember the part in the Grinch when he says, all these ties that y'all give and all this stuff end up here in my trash heap. That's what's going to happen. But you know what the reality is? There is a gift that you can give your children that will literally last them eternity. Share with them Jesus. You give them the gospel. You raise your children in a home with Christian parents who love their God and puts him first. That is the greatest gift that any child can ever receive. You can talk to the Fishers. You can talk to the Hutchinsons, my mother, and others in this deal. The greatest gift that I could ever give them is the fact that my children are sitting here with them today and this morning. There may be someone here this morning that is, all, that is ready to accept Christ and to be baptized. Here in just a minute, we're going to sing an invitation song. We ask that you come forward and have a seat on the front row. There may also be someone in the audience this morning that has already accepted Christ, but for whatever reason has strayed away and needed the prayer to the church. We'd ask that if there be one of either class, you please come forward as we stand and sing.